All right, I want to read this scripture, and we're going to start. Matthew 6.10, it says, May your kingdom come soon. Everyone say, Your kingdom. Your kingdom. <clears throat> May your will be done. Everyone say, Your will. All right, so Jesus is talking. He said, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so for the last two weeks, I do believe this is part three, we've been talking about the two kingdoms that exist. And when you boil it down on the earth, there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. There's the kingdom of life and the kingdom of death. And everybody on planet earth belongs to one of those two kingdoms. And each of those kingdoms has a king. The kingdom of light has the king of kings. His name is Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. Woo, y'all right tonight? Everyone say Jesus. Jesus. All right. And then the kingdom of darkness has a king. His name is Satan. Right? And so what we've been talking about, we've been talking about this list. And behind me on the screen is this list. And it shows us what is available to us. And that is determined upon which kingdom we belong to. Now, what happens with a lot of Christians is they see the one side of the list and they're like, man, that's everything I hear about at church. That's what you preach about. I see that stuff. How come I never experienced that stuff in my life? It's on the list. I should be experiencing that stuff. I should have peace. I should have joy. I should have prosperity. My body should be healed. I should have, you know, sound mind. I should have all these things. My life should be on a rock, you know, not on quicksand where everything feels like it's chaotic and out of control. So I see these things on the list. I know these things that Jesus died to give me. Why am I not experiencing them? And it usually comes down to this singular point. Most Christians have no relationship with their king. And that's what we've been talking about. Everyone say relationship. relationship. Last week I talked about the relationship I have with my wife. And I talked about how when we got married, we went on our honeymoon. And it was incredibly awkward. <laughs> That was the first time that we were like alone, alone. You know what I mean? Whenever we hung out here in Madison, one of our friends was with us. We're either at church, we're hanging out at the youth group, or, you know, Pav was my roommate, so he's in my apartment. Angie was Rachel's roommate, so in her apartment, there was always somebody around. But when we went on our honeymoon, I was just like, I mean, we made it like an hour out of town, and I was out of things to talk about, you know? I'm just like, I've never been alone! And I feel like it's because our relationship had not developed. We hadn't had that alone time yet to where I really knew her, and she she really knew me. And really when we boil it down, I bet you most Christians don't really know God because most Christians don't ever have any alone time with him. Amen. And so what we have to do is if we want the things that are on this list on the left side, then we've got to learn how to fellowship with God. Amen. We've got to learn how to have this relationship with him. And uh, I want to show you kind of how this works. Let me see if I can get... I need two volunteers. Um, I need people that don't know one another. So we'll do Xavier, since your hand went up first, and we'll do Charlie. So why don't you guys come up here? Zay, you stand on this side. Charles, hello. I don't know why your name pulls a British accent out of me, but it just does. All right, so um, you guys stand back to back. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. You can hold your things. All right, I want to ask you a series of questions. All right, let me pull it up. I wrote it down in my notes. All right, so this is going to be a question I'm asking you about, Xavier, this is going to be a question I'm asking you about Charlie, and you have to write down the answer of what you think about him, and you have to write down the answer of what you think about him. Y'all ready? All right, write down, Xavier, and you, Xavier, you write down Charlie's favorite food. All right, now, Charlie, well, you got to write it big, write it big, and then we'll, oh, oh okay, write, did you write it big? Yeah, we'll do, we'll do them one at a time, one at a time. <laughs> There's no way you guys got this right. This is going to be crazy. All right, so you turn yours and show them. What's your favorite food? 
What is your favorite food, pizza? No. What's your favorite food? Chicken Alfredo or sushi. Oh, All right. What is your favorite food? Chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. All right, so close. But here's the point. They got it wrong. Everyone say boo. They got the first one wrong. Here's the second one. Just erase it with your hand. All right, so here we go. Next one. What month and day were they born? What month and day? So, Zay, you're going to write what month and day was Charlie born? Charlie, you're going to write what month and day was Xavier born? I got a point with this, all right? So y'all stick with me. When you get it, turn around and just show the crowd. All right, Xavier, what's your birthday? May 11th. Oh, my I gosh. He was month. close, bro. Okay, so he wrote May 4th. What's your birthday? I'm the 13th. I'm December 13th. Okay. All right, so they were kind of close, but they didn't get it right. So everybody say boo. boo. Every time they get one wrong, I need you guys to boo them, okay? So everyone say Boo. All right, all right, here's the next one. Uh, Charlie, I want you to write down his favorite music artist. All right, and I want you to write down Charlie's, I know, well, just write down what you think and write down Charlie's favorite music artist. <laughs> write it down, Zay, come on. I bet nobody knows who this is. They probably don't know who that is, Charlie. It was a band I listened to when I was in, like, high school. It's a classic rock All right, just write something down, anything. TLC? He's like, Charlie likes TLC. All right, clearly they got it wrong, so what does that mean all you guys do? Thank you for your participation. All right, now write this down. Write down their favorite movie. We just got three more. Three more. Favorite movie. Go. Favorite movie? Fire it out there. <laughs> Quick. What did you write? Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> and he wrote Transformers. Oh, dude, that was good. That's one of them. Really? No, but what is the one you had in mind? The one I had in mind was the Batman. All right, so they got it wrong, so... Oh, that's pathetic participation. They got it wrong, so... I should have brought stuff for you guys to throw at them. All right, here's uh, all right. This one, let me let me lay this one out delicately. All right, I apologize in advance if this particular family member is no longer living. I'm not trying to be insensitive. So whether they are dead or alive, I want you to write down their grandpa's name. Wait. <laughs> dead or alive, just it doesn't matter. One of their grandpas. Write down their grandpa's name. Whatever you call them, Papa, Grandpa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know nicknames for grandpas. Like an actual name. Yeah, write down their name. Yeah. What? I don't know why this name I always go to. Eldridge. All right. What do you think his is? Bob. <laughs> My man wrote Bob. All right. All right. Are those wrong? All right. They got it wrong. So everybody. All right. And here's the last one. Uh, I want you to write down Xavier's dream vehicle. Doesn't have to be a car, truck, any vehicle. Write down his dream vehicle. Dream vehicle. This was actually mine, but I'm just going to guess it because I don't know cars. Don't. What? A slug? It's my dream vehicle, at least. Well, you don't write that down because you heard him say it. Oh, I'm so bad. All right. A pirate? <laughs> My man wants a private jet. All right, they got it wrong, so everybody does what? All right, now, here, this is what I want to say. 
It's a very simple question, rhetorical, so you don't have to answer it. I'll take that. You guys can find your seats. Thank you very much for coming up here and getting every single question wrong. You proved my theory correct. Well, we got half of one right and almost done. It was still wrong. <laughs> All right, so here's what I want you to understand. Why did they not know any of those answers? Again, it's rhetorical. I want you to think about it. Charlie clearly knows nothing about Xavier, right? And Zay clearly knows nothing about Charlie. He thought his grandpa's name was Bob. You know what I mean? I so, but here, why didn't they know the answers? It's really, really simple. They don't know each other. They have no relationship, except for maybe out at church. Maybe they see each other, they say hi. But outside of that, they don't have any fellowship. They have zero communication. Since they have zero communication, they have no idea what the other one likes, what the other one dislikes. They have no understanding what the expectation is in the relationship. And unfortunately, this is how many Christians are in the relationship with God. They have no understanding of what he likes. They have no understanding of what he wants. They have no understanding of what he wants for their life. They have no understanding of what he's done for them. They have no understanding that like Adam in the garden, we can learn so much from the book of Genesis, but like Adam in the garden, what God made everything for him and he wanted to fellowship with him. That's God's original plan for creating man is he wanted a family, right? He wanted to walk with them and he did with Adam. The Bible says he walked with them in the cool of the day and he fellowshiped with him. So many people have no clue what the character of God is. They have no clue. If I asked a bunch of you, except for the stuff you learned at church, what does God want for your life? You might be able to tell me stuff you hear about all the time, but ultimately, what does he really want for your life? What career does he have for you? What family does he have for you? What city does he want you to live in? Where do you, I mean, what does God, what do you, what do you know about him? Right? And God so intimately knows us. The Bible says that he knows the number of the hairs that are on our head. He knows, the Bible says that he knows your entire future better than you know your past. Amen. So everything you did yesterday, you might have like a very vivid memory because it was just yesterday. But God knows your future better than you know your yesterday. Right? And so what we have to understand, Amos 3.3 says this. How can two walk together unless they agree? I like the New Living Translation. It says this. How can two walk the same direction unless they know one another? See, in so many Christians, they're walking in opposite directions from God because they don't know God. And so the things that are being produced in their life is stuff that's on the other side of the list. They're, uh, maybe not eternal damnation because when we get born again, we're transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We have eternal salvation, but then most Christians, they stop right there and they still live in bondage. They still live with hurt emotions. They still live with sickness and fear and confusion and poverty, an unclear future, and then quicksand. And I could keep going on and on and on about the list. Everything on that side of the list, God does not want for you. But this is what people do lots of times. And I don't know if you've ever heard it before, but I've heard people say it. I've even heard Christian people say it. I was listening to one guy preach, and he was talking about how God gave his wife cancer because in the hospital room, she was able to witness to the nurse, and the nurse got saved. Well, I just got done reading the New Testament, and everywhere Jesus went, the Bible says that he healed the sick. He cleansed the lepers. So why would God make somebody sick just to have Jesus come heal them? 
Because Jesus always said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. So when that person told, was preaching and they said, God gave my wife cancer so her life could be a testimony to somebody, all that told me is that person has zero relationship with God. They don't know him. Because God's character, especially towards you and me, is always good. Jesus even said, right, I've come to give you a good life, and not just a little bit, but to give it to you in abundance. Everyone say abundance. abundance. And so how do we start walking in this life that God has for us? It's real simple, guys. we got to start to get to know him. How do we walk in this life that God has for us? We've got to start to get to know him. I like Philippians. I read this scripture last week, but I want to read it again. It says, but whatever, this is the Apostle Paul talking. He says, but whatever is to gain to me, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things as loss compared to the surpassing excellence of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so he's saying, the only thing I really care about is knowing him. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness from the law, but which through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God, the basis of faith, I want to know. Somebody say no. Look what the Apostle Paul says. I want to know Christ. And this is my challenge to you guys. I want to encourage you. If you're born again, don't stop there. It's not enough to just get born again. God is wanting to do, and this is one of the reasons why he's given me this platform and he's put me on this stage, is to convince you guys that God wants to do something epic in your life. Amen. But it's not enough just for me to convince you that God wants to do something good in your life. You have got to begin to pursue that, and the way you pursue that is by pursuing him. And yes, I applaud you for being here tonight, because that's a step in the right direction. When we go to church, we always learn about God, and we engage in this relationship. That's why we have worship. It's about engaging the relationship. That's why I ask you to communicate with me. It's about engaging in this relationship. And so going to church is good, but we've got to begin to go further than church. I asked you this question last week. I'm going to keep asking you every week. What did you do between last week's service and this week's service to grow closer to God? What did you do? It's rhetorical. Don't answer, but think about it. Because every step we take closer to him is a step we take closer to seeing this list work in our life. I remember when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. He was out there for 40 days. He didn't eat nothing for 40 days. The devil came and tempted him. And when Jesus resisted him on the third time, the Bible tells us that the devil left him until the next opportunity. Listen, guys, the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't know if you know this or not, but he hates you. You having breath in your lungs makes him very angry. And he will look at every opportunity that he can to destroy your life. And when we walk away from God, what we're doing is we're giving the devil opportunities to do his side of the list in our lives, even though we're saved. And so what I'm asking you to do is just stop giving him those opportunities. Jesus told us very plainly that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's his objective, his mission, and that's what he wants to do in your life. And so here's the answer. Just don't give him those opportunities. 
He has no authority to steal, to kill, and destroy your life. He only has authority to do that when we give him that authority. And so when we look at our lives, lots of times, this is what we see, and I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. When we look at our lives, I bet you, you can tell me a bunch of different ways of things that you did that drew you away from God instead of closer to God. And this is my desire for our youth ministry, that we begin to fix this, that we'll come in here on Wednesday nights and we can tell one another, here's the list of things I did this week so I could be closer to God. Some of my friends wanted to go out and do this, and they wanted to do that, and I said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to stay home. I saw somebody walking through Walmart, and they dropped 50 bucks on the ground, and I wanted to pick it up and put it in my pocket, but instead I picked it up and I tapped them on the shoulder and I gave them their 50 bucks back. See, that kind of stuff is growing closer to God. That kind of stuff is pursuing his kingdom. That kind of stuff allows God to work his list in our life. Amen? Amen. And so here's my challenge for you this week before we pray. Every single day, Someone say every day. Every day. Every day. Do something to get your, cl- your life closer to your king. Now, I don't know about you. I don't want to be like those people who were standing with Jesus and they were trying to worship him and he said, you are of your father, the devil. I want people to recognize that I'm close to my heavenly father, Father God. Right? And so I have to work in my own life. What are the steps that I've taken to get closer to God this last week? And those steps look different. God's challenged me. Read three chapters out of the Bible every single night. Last night I laid down in bed. I forgot that I did it. So I sat up in bed and I read three chapters. I read the book of Acts. The first three chapters because I I finished the New Testament. And so I went back and started reading the book of Acts. Listen, just because I'm reading three chapters doesn't mean you guys have to read three chapters. But what, what is God inspiring you to do? Put the Bible app on your phone. Read it before you leave your house. One single thing every day to include yourself and engage yourself in this relationship you have with Christ. Amen? Amen? So you can recognize, why is this important? Because God, listen, there's things that are always trying to work in your life, and you need to be able to recognize on that list what's from God and what's not from God. Because if you think it's from God, you're just going to let it happen. If you think your friends are from God, you're just going to let it happen. Right? What does he agree with? What does he disagree with? How do we figure that out? We engage in this relationship. If you would, real quick, just close your eyes, bow your heads. I want to pray with you, and then we'll let you go. Father, I thank you for all these students. I thank you that you help us every single day become closer to you. Let us move away from the things that draw us away from you. Let us move away from the things that draw us away from you. So as everybody's in an attitude of prayer right now, Father God, I ask that you just inspire them and encourage them. You're not mad at us. You're not trying to keep us away. You want to draw us close and you want to help us. And so my prayer is that we would start letting you help us by drawing closer to you. I thank you for every student that is in here tonight. And I ask that the Holy Spirit would work something incredible in their heart, this hunger and this drive to know God better.